Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Thursday, January 12th. It is five minutes after 11, and you're listening to the Kendall and Casey Show on 93 WIBC. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and thank you for joining us this morning. And by the way, if you hadn't heard, we're also on YouTube, so if you'd like to watch the show, you can do that. And of course, the chat room has a lot of fun every single day. Well, let's start off with President Biden because some news was just released. The president's lawyers discovered a small number of documents with classified markings where more hmm what are you talking about more well i believe this was the second batch that was released okay you remember we found not we but they yeah. those them uh-huh. they found the 10 or so documents that were at upenn yeah and then they said there is another batch yeah they have come out and said where the other oh, batch was okay hold on to your socks they were in the garage of the president's home in Wilmington, Delaware. They were where? In the garage. What are you even saying? (laughs) A single document was found in a room adjacent to the garage. But they also looked at his other beach house and they said they didn't find anything there. And the administration is, quote, fully cooperating to ensure that the records are handled properly. Okay, so we know with Trump, and this has actually not been disputed by the federal government or Biden or anyone, Trump's stuff was locked in a very secure, you know, bulletproof, uh, super pain closet. Okay, like it was locked, it was was secure, it was there, but no one has refuted where there was Secret Service, by the way. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody has refuted that with Trump. Nobody has been able to say otherwise that he was just... Now, the government threw the documents all over the floor for that photo op, but nobody was saying that Trump was was doing that in any shape, form, or fashion. You're telling me with Biden, mm-hmm. they were in his garage? Mm-hmm. So he was vice president at best. Let's see, what was 2016? That was seven six and a half seven years ago so basically you're telling me that for six and a half or seven years these classified documents were in his garage mm-hmm. that seems much less secure than a vaulted locked secret service secured location of which trump was basically accused of espionage, selling out the country, endangering the country, and all points in between. Yes. So Richard Sauber, who is a special counsel to the president, said after the initial documents were found by his lawyers, they examined other locations, and it was being reported that it was an exhaustive search with the goal of getting full accounting of all the classified documents. And you know what? I jokingly said earlier, what are they going to have to do? Get his calendar out and retrace everything? Every place he has ever been? Well, yes, apparently, because now we're finding stuff in the garage. Uh, So here is what is really interesting about all this. We got into this a little bit last hour, which is the initial documents were found on November 2nd. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of things aren't adding up. And when something isn't adding up, there's usually a reason that the numbers don't compute. So the original documents were found on November 2nd the second we did not obviously find out about these until two months later 
well past mm-hmm. the midterm election mm-hmm. in which a guy who opened the debate with hi good night everybody was elected to the u.s senate and then well past the georgia runoff which was technically for a tie of the senate and now this is coming out and why now and so cringe on pierre had a one of her meet and greet press conferences where she once again reveals why she's one of the dumbest people alive and she got asked why it took so long for these documents to become a story that these documents had been turned in when Trump, it seemed like we knew about it like that. And as usual, she has no answer. But did not answer this part of the question. Why didn't he or someone in the White House inform the American people when these documents were discovered on November 2nd? Did it have anything to do, because people are asking this part of it, did it have anything to do with the fact that the election was just a few days away? Again, Ed, this is under review by the Department of Justice. It is literally under review right now. As we are, as as I as I am talking to you, it is under review. So I'm not going to uh, get beyond the process. I'm not going to get beyond what the president said. As we are talking, they are literally looking for more documents. Uh, that's why we asked the question, lady, because uh, we know it's under review. Because mm-hmm. we know the cl- and again, probably happens all the time. But if we are going to say that Trump is guilty of treason, espionage, uh, felonies, uh, uh, all of this and that, then Biden is too. I am not the one who made the rules here. In fact, I spent a great deal of time arguing that this should not be the rule. However, Biden and his people and the Democrats and the leftists said this was the rule. So, uh... Good luck. So Richard Sauber, who is the special counsel to the president, said a small number of documents with classified markings were found in a storage space, storage space in Biden's garage in Wilmington, with one document being located in an adjacent room. And there's been no comment from the DOJ, although they were immediately notified about the documents. So clearly the federal government has set a political double standard in their approach, not only to taking classified documents, but how they're handling them. And I know it's crossed your mind. You've probably said it to yourself. Well, where's the raid on all of Biden's properties? It was in a garage. That's wild. Uh-huh. I'm really wondering if he's got like that really fancy galaxy concrete coating ah! floor <laughs> in his garage. Or is it, I mean, what kind of garage is it? Well, here and here's the other thing you would think, Casey, is you would think, okay, wherever I store the documents, like this is where I store my stuff. Like I don't know how it is for you, but I, you know, you keep things together. So, okay, hey, we've got all the stuff from Biden's vice presidential time. Okay, it all goes here at this library in which the Chinese paid tens of millions of dollars to help build. Okay, it all goes to the Chinese-built Biden mm-hmm. vice presidential library. Okay, mm-hmm. you wouldn't think. Some would be over here and some would be over there. And by the way, I don't know about your garage. Here's what I keep in my garage. My appliances, Mm -hmm. washer dryer, a lot of tools, cars. Got a car. My golf clubs, I think, are in there. Motorcycle. Uh, Trash cans. Nothing that is documentation of any sort other than maybe to an appliance and certainly not something more classified. What is up with the Bidens, this entire family, just randomly putting things in places? You had Hunter's laptop who was that was just 
Yeah, that's over here. <laughs> you got the daughter's diary. That was found over here. You've got these classified documents that are peppered throughout many locations. I... I'm sure there's something else I'm missing. We may have <laughs> only just scratched the surface on how horrific and awful this uh, family is. All right, let's take a break because i got two pieces of audio I want to play. We've got some more cringe John Pierre trying to explain away Mayor Pete. And then Angus King, mm -hmm. he is technically an independent, though he's right. actually a Democrat senator from Maine. Mm -hmm. He says what we've been saying, that... We are staying in. We're giving money to Ukraine indefinitely. And he's pushing regime change. And we've all seen how well that usually works mm -hmm. out for America. All right. Stay with us. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. 16 minutes after 11. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Russian President Vladimir Putin has replaced the commander leading his forces in Ukraine just three months after he gave him the job. A move Moscow said is an attempt to diversify rules and increase lines of communication. And this is never going to end. I mean, at least not anytime soon. And we seem to have a real problem in this country with just accepting the fact that there are really bad people who do really bad stuff. It's not always fair, but it's not our obligation to fix things that we are not involved in, especially when we don't have any legal obligation because those countries that are being impacted are not in organizations that obligate us to fix them. We have tried how many times in the history of this country to regime change people? Let's start in 1960, what was it? Was it 61 or 62? Let's start with the Bay of Pigs and work our way forward, shall we? Does that ever work out? Does that, is it ever easy? Is it ever cost effective? And how many times do the regime changes that we're a part of end up turning on us? And that is still, we never learn anything in this country. We never learn. How much money have we put to Ukraine so far? What is it? It's got a, tens of billions of dollars. We're well past $40 billion, I believe. I think mm -hmm. in the new budget, we just approved that thanks to Todd Young and McConnell, 40-ish billion more. Mm -hmm. There is no plan. There is no here's where it ends. Although I guess Angus King, who is the Democrat senator from Maine, came out the other day, and I guess he finally told us where it ends. It ends with regime change. Take a listen. I hate to set a date and say, you know, six months or a year. That's that's telling Putin, you know, all he's got to do is hold his breath until that date comes. So uh, I, I believe we should remain there until uh, Putin is is out. Uh, and and that I don't see this as a long uh, 20 year struggle, which we saw in Afghanistan. Uh, here we have a strong government, a strong armed services that are fighting on their own with our help, but their own, it's their, they're the people that are dying. Uh, they're the people that are on the front lines. And uh, I, I think the, the biggest, Putin's main strategy right now is to, is to split us, is to split the US Congress to undermine support here, to split NATO to undermine support from the Western countries. That's his last gasp, that's his last chance. He can't win this.
Uh, so in Iraq, that was the argument from the Bush administration was if you give them a time frame, then they'll just hold out and just deflect. And we were told, no, 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 you can't have an endless war. Bush lied, people died, blah, 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 Roe war for oil. But now the Democrats, isn't it amazing? This is what we keep telling people. Nothing ever changes. It is two sides of the same of the same coin, right? Like these people are the same. The Democrats now are making the same argument that the Republicans made during the Iraq war. And the Republicans are making the same argument that the Democrats made during the Iraq war. They've just flipped because nobody has any actual core conviction. They just make it up as they go along. So Senator King, he traveled to Ukraine over the weekend and he met with Zelensky. And he says that the Russian invasion is faltering and that now, of course, Putin is trying to divide the American public. And he defended the ongoing military support that the United States and the Allies are providing and he compared the war to Hitler's early military aggressions oh, that sparked World War geez. II yes this, uh, that's what he said he's like if, if he said that this is like 1939 well if you're and, comparing anyone to Hitler you've already lost the argument but the point here is we have no idea what we've gotten for this money we have no idea how the resources we have given them have been used other than part of it was money laundered through the FTX guy to go to the Democrats. Mm -hmm. We do know that. Um, but there's no, they, we've been at this for close to a year now and there's no gauge of success. There's no analysis on ROI, return on investment. We have no idea where the money's going, what we're actually getting for it. And we have no idea where it ends because it's not going to end. He told you right there, it is not going to end unless the Republicans in the House of Representatives end it. But Kevin McCarthy, mm -hmm. in the lead up to the speaker vote, has been, you remember Kevin McCarthy, right, who Jim Banks voted for 15 consecutive times, getting no concessions, just rolled over and played dead from the beginning. You remember that. I hope Jim reminds everybody of that when he runs for Senate here in a little bit. But you remember that Kevin McCarthy? Mm -hmm. He was one of Ukraine's biggest cheerleaders, and he was a big fan of the never, ever, never, ever, 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 never ending donation to the Ukraine Cup. We should be out of Ukraine. We should have no business being giving any more money to Ukraine. We have done way more than enough. We should stop it tomorrow. We were told no blank checks, right? Yeah. And does this remind you of the stay-at-home orders that were just to flatten the curve? Yeah. It went from flattening the curve to mandatory masking and vaccines. There you go. Yeah. Same thing. Now now we're we're in it until regime change. Yeah. And is, isn't that a great analogy? Uh, because you're a brilliant person, how quickly 15 days to flatten the curve turned into zero COVID. Remember that? Yeah. How quick that was? So now it is. Give him an inch. Yep. That's just, and this is why you cannot ever give the government not a milli inch. Is that even a thing? I don't know. Maybe I just made up a measurement there. These people will never stop. There is no end to this because even if Putin is gone, Russia ain't just going to pack up. Let's say Putin died tomorrow. Russia is not just going to pack up and go, Oh, you guys can have all that land back uh, that gives us a huge strategic advantage in our eyes. Yeah, we're just going to concede the fighting and you guys win and we'll, we'll just go back to being Russia. That's not going to happen. Ukraine is not even a reliable ally in any shape, form, or fashion to the United States. 
It was not that long ago they were Team Saddam Hussein, and yet the checkbook just never stops. But Zelensky was on the Golden Globes. That's true. Yeah, he was very charming. Mm-hmm. And is there any connection between one of the bigger stories in transportation, the FAA, and the glitch being that that happened on the same day that these documents were discovered with Biden? Uh, I have no idea where you're going the with timing. this, but help me, help I'm me. I'm just where saying you, uh, the timing. Oh, you think that's to cover up? I don't know. Well, that's interesting that they have created an environment by which sweet, innocent Casey Daniels thinks so little of her government. Do I have a tin hat on that, now? That, that now you think everything is a giant conspiracy and that breaks my heart, although it is probably very, very warranted because... Uh, our government is horrific and wholly awful. Okay, do we want to talk about what Karine Jean-Pierre said? Yes, let's. Uh, yes, so she, speaking of Mayor Pete, she weighed in on Mayor Pete and said Biden, despite failure after failure after failure, failure has immense confidence in Mayor Pete. Thank you, Kareem. First, does President Biden have confidence in Transportation Secretary Buttigieg? Yes. Why? Because Secretary Buttigieg is a, uh, is he respects uh, the secretary and the work that he has been doing. Uh, you have seen the secretary on TV. You have, heard, you have spoke, probably spoken to him uh, yourself, and they are doing everything that they can to make sure that the experience uh, that uh, Americans have uh, uh, is a good one. That's Okay, so over 9,000 flights in and out of the United States delayed. 1,300 were canceled. And Pete Buttigieg said that he's glad he's getting attention from Congress (laughs) because it's budget time. It's time to fund the FAA. Right. We're very glad that we have failed um, tens of thousands of people, 9,000 flights because, well... It's time for me to get more money from sweet daddy government. So Buttigieg said that there's no evidence of a cyber attack, but he also won't rule it out. We don't have the evidence of it. We're not going to rule it out. Ted Cruz questioned his ability to lead the department. He said the flying public deserves safety in the sky. The FAA's inability to keep an important safety system up and running is completely unacceptable. And just the latest example of dysfunction within the Department of Transportation. All right. When we come back, yeah, the state legislature has started. They are very, very, very dedicated to things that will profoundly impact your life, like naming the state sandwich. Uh, we also now found out they are really wanting a bill that identifies how we got the name Hoosier. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can get to that in our final segment. But up next, <laughs> yeah. uh, while they are working hard on the state sandwich, they are not helping you at all with the property tax issue. We're going to try to find out how these people operate at 200 West Washington Street and what makes them tick because we got to try a new path because they are not doing anything to help you with these property taxes. So we're going to go to someone who knows how the system works. Someone who's been in it. Someone who was in it for a very long time and who mm-hmm. was there the last time the uh, legislature did something meaningful on property taxes. Our old buddy Jim Merritt. All right. He's on the way from 93 WIBC. Set stubborn on standing 
are back at the state house this week. Mm-hmm. And going to be looking at some bills, oh. deciding which ones they like, which yes. ones they don't. Yes, yes. They're very, very enthusiastic about all sorts of things that are in no way really going to help you, uh, but will benefit very select groups of people like, oh, I don't know, you know, naming a state sandwich or something of that magnitude. So here to help us understand what in the world is going on. He did it for 30 years in the Indiana State Senate, uh, former Senator Jim Merritt. Uh, Senator, we start with a loaded question. Why don't your former colleagues care about the people at all or doing things that help the people at all? I'll let you take it from there. Oh, Robert. <laughs> Casey, I don't know how you do it every day. Uh, I get paid hazard money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they do care. And uh, they've got some tigers they need to get by the tail. And there's a lot of issues. They're flying around the state house right now. And, and as you've talked about uh, ad nauseum for the last couple of weeks, tax policy written on the fly. And uh, these property taxes and the assessments and market value, it's, it's it's going to be difficult for them to get a handle on it by April, uh, mid late April. Okay, so yes, you hit a great point, and you were at the epicenter of the tax reform of 2008, and then the Constitution of 2010. You guys were able to figure it out. You didn't keep saying, "Let's see more data." Let's see more data. How is it that you guys were able to figure it out with far fewer Republicans than what they have today? And the Republicans are supposed to be the party of low taxes. What magic wand did you guys have that these guys don't seem to possess today? Well, uh, first of all, we we. Uh anticipated this problem we studied it for a couple of years in fact and uh the you know the crush of the the uh the the election of 2007 and bart peterson le- losing uh re-election to greg, greg ballard there are a lot of uh political flack, uh, factors that were flying around in the air and as there is today and uh, I, I, we do need to give kudos to Senator Travis Holman that wants to look at the whole tax, tax system as a whole. Senator Brian Buchanan, who has been looking at this tax policy. Uh, but but we know that it's very difficult to write tax policy during a session. And you just look at last summer where the, the uh, legislature, members of the legislature, wrote the governor a letter signing 100 uh, folks, members of the General Assembly, saying, bring us back into special session, and we want to re- rewrite the um, pro-life law, if you will. And now and then they have a special session. No one likes the law uh, because they weren't prepared, and, and it gives you pause that we're not prepared for this because it, it – it, has jumped up on the legislature, and now they have to perform in the next three months. Uh, former State Senator Jim Merritt, our guest. So Casey and I are correct when we say, you clowns knew about this a year ago. We were reading real assessment increases a year ago, and they should have been, committee or whatever they call that, summer study or whatever, they should have been then getting a handle on what might happen, because you make a great point. They don't even do stuff well when they have the ability to take their time, much less do it fast. Well, you've got to look in front of your headlights and uh, anticipating problems, and and uh, uh, this is something that now the now the house is on fire uh, because people are going to start getting their property tax bills, if not already, 
and there's going to be fear. And uh, people are going to be contacting the legislators, and uh, and that is just not phone calls or handwritten letters when, when I started out in 1990. It's uh, turnaround time is seconds. And so there's going to be a lot of pressure on the legislature to perform. And you have bills like Senate, uh, excuse me, House Bill 1001, that is the budget, that is a priority for uh, every legislator, and education funding, and then as well as the health of Indiana. And right now, Indiana is not a very healthy state, either in a genuine physical health or, as I like, mental health is the physical health as well. And that'll be um, big time focus on those issues this session. Jim, I was told that the state of Indiana, Indiana was strong and getting stronger. <laughs> and now you're saying that it's not healthy? No, if you look at it to with the, with the infant mortality that has plagued Indiana for most of my Senate career there, as well as uh, local health departments need help. And and uh, and Rob, in case you know my my interest in mental health, that we need to continue to reach out to individuals who are you know suffering from addiction or depression. And um, uh, this is a big session, folks, and something that we need to. Um, pay a lot of attention to the 150 folks that are making our laws and, and the governor signing them. And, and uh, it, it's, a, it's a truly important, imperative session for uh, big decision making. And, you know, the, the tax policy is just one issue that is confronting the legislature this year. Jim, one of the Senate Republicans' top priorities this year is studying the state's tax policy and even eliminating the stat the state income taxes. How long are they going to study that before they make any sort of move on it? Well, they're going to look at the historical, uh, you know, this this harkens all the way back to uh, Governor Otis Bowen in the 70s when we, when we did it. And, and there, we're constantly, they are constantly looking at tax policy. Uh, and Senator Holman is right to uh, look, at, look at exactly because we've been cutting taxes so much uh, I think he wants he and many members of the attack, various tax committees in the House and Senate want to look at it. Now, time frame, uh, Casey. Wait, 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 wait. Hey, Jim, 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 Jim. What taxes have we been cutting? I mean, it seems like a lot of raising, and they gave us like a 0.4% income tax cut over seven years. But it seems like, what? I mean, what, what taxes have they really been cutting other than, I mean, they've done some stuff to help their corporate buddies who give them the big cash donations. But like, what, well, what have they been doing? Well, they- well, they constantly are, are um, looking and, and cutting the death tax. They've they've uh, they've taken chunks out of the income tax. They they have uh, Indiana has done a good job, Robert, of 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 lessening various taxes on on individuals and and as well as back in two thousand eight, as you said, uh, we we set upon uh, really getting better property tax uh, policy. And, and yeah. wait a second, Jim. You guys are what I call offsetters, though. Yeah, you guys cut the property tax or cap the tax, but then you raise the sales tax. You didn't really cut taxes. You just ship. You guys are shifters. Like you guys keep raising the gas tax. Well, not you're not there anymore, but you keep raising the gas. So don't give me this tax cutting bull crap. You guys are just tax shifters. <laughs> well, yeah, tax shifters. But the, the, the question is, and Travis Holman, Senator Holman, raises a good point. Are we shifting it uh, in the right way, or should we cut all taxes? Yes, and and, um, and I think that deserves a, a really hard look. 
but uh, Robert and, and, and Casey, you have been raising the point for a long time now about this assessment. And, and you know, you want the value of your home to grow, uh, but, but on the other end of it, is paying taxes on a market value is tough. And so there has to be a balance, and that's what the legislature will have to have uh, come April, and and uh, we'll be all watching uh, very very closely. Very very qu- very quickly before I let you go, uh, mm-hmm. am I being too mean about the state sandwich? One of your former colleagues sent me a very nasty <laughs> inbox message, and then I told him I was going to make him super famous, and he totally backpedaled out of that and told me how he agreed with me on most things, and we should get together and blah blah blah. So like uh, th- these people seem very hung up on the state sandwich. Do they not understand how bad it looks that people are about to? have their taxes skyrocket in many cases and you guys are focused on a stupid sandwich well i i, I don't know about the sandwich and if you're talking about Rep, representative lucas that's no 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 it's another one lucas's own deal we'll call him out publicly this other guy said he agreed with me on a bunch of stuff and he wanted to meet to tell me how right i was so i'm gonna give him a chance before i embarrass him well yeah that that's a good idea and, and <laughs> Kudos to you, Robert. But I, I think I think we also uh, we also need to look inward. Uh, we, let's look at you know are we do we have the right policy of governance and 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 really understand exactly what we're delivering in services and and what we need to fulfill those services. And so I think it needs a complete study of government itself. The Republicans have been in charge for the last 20 years. And I think it's time that we look back on tax policy. We look back on exactly what governs services and, and, and as well as what we did during the pandemic and what we did right and what we did wrong. I think it's time that we look back and make sure that we are representing, they are representing their their 6.6 million Hoosiers correctly, Robert and Casey. And, and this tax policy, I think you continue the pressure of what is going on over there so that your listeners and the constituents know exactly what's going on because not many people are covering this, Robert, and you are. And Casey, congratulations. Keep the pressure going. He is a national treasure. We should probably give him a statue right next to Morton out in front of the uh, state house, the one and only former state Senator Jim Merritt. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. It is 11.46. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. He's Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels, and we're glad you're here with us. So the second batch of classified documents held by President Biden was discovered in his garage. (laughs) In one of his Delaware homes. It's not funny, but I mean, this one, all you can do really is laugh, right? Sitting next to his Corvette. That tells you how seriously <laughs> he's taking these documents. You're kidding. No. It was like, here's my car. Mm-hmm. Here's classified documents. Yes. Okay. So like I, I stand corrected from my previous statement because previously I said, okay, look, we all know that these people skadoodle on out the door with when you're leaving the White House and the trove of stuff you got to move and stuff. Could, I stand corrected. Because there's no way, like, if it had it all been in the library, as we had said earlier, okay. You it, mean you mean the Biden think tank? Yes, funded by China. Mm-hmm. Then okay, just like Trump's, we're all in this one 
right. area, right? Yeah. And it was locked away, secured, whatever. Even though they rifled through Melania's closet yeah. just to make sure. Sure, yeah. The, where they found the stuff was in the secured place where he said that they were. Mm-hmm. But the fact that this dude now has it in multiple places, and it was in a garage mm-hmm. next to a car... Is that what you're telling me? Yes, next to his Corvette. <laughs> the White House Counsel's Office inspected the residence, and they discovered that he had a collection of Obama-era classified documents, not only at his UPenn office, but now they're saying it is home in Delaware next to the Corvette. <laughs> okay, so so apparently he got at, because he, where is he? Is he, he's somewhere, right? He's doing something. Yeah, he, he, I don't know where he's at, but he he did a press conference. He did, and he was asked about this. And Peter Ducey, I we're we're gonna play it for you. It's about a minute and a half as he tries to work his way out of this. But right at the beginning, Peter Ducey says, "What were you thinking? <laughs> Can you imagine? You're a reporter." And you're asking the president of the United States, what were you thinking? But but when he asked this, listen to Biden's response. The pre- you're the president of the United States. Mm-hmm. You are the most powerful person on the planet. And you're taking guff from some little reporter guy because he knows, mm-hmm. he knows he what he did. And he knows that he got caught. And he knows... He probably in some sort of trouble. Listen to this question and response. Mr. President, okay. classified, classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, look, I'm going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay? So it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So the but anyway. was in a locked garage. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, but as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified material seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden Penn, and th- this was done in the case of the Biden Penn Center. The Department of Justice was immediately, as was done, the Department of Justice was immediately cl- uh, uh, no- notified, and uh, the lawyers arranged for the Department of Justice to take possession of the document. So you're going to see, we're going to see all this unfold. I'm confident. Okay, okay. So Casey, and I don't mean to pry into your personal life, but I I will speak from experience. Like things you might, documents you might take serious, like. Like my child's birth certificate. Right, or your social security card or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, people have wills, all those sort of things. Are they in a very secure, either safety deposit box or, you know, something bolted to the ground, uh, which you need a code to access? Or are they in a in a garage next to a Corvette? <laughs> They're more secure than in, the, in a folder in the garage 
Next to the car. Again, something locked away in a museum or in your compound fortress like Trump's were. Supposed to have them, not supposed to have them. If they're locked away where Secret Service is protecting the facility, okay, whether you're supposed to have them or not, you're, you're taking them serious. In a garage next to a Corvette is not something you're taking serious because, again, you haven't been the vice president in like six and a half years. Well, so it's been there at least six and a half years. Well, Rob, he just said it's not like the Corvette was out in the street. <laughs> and why did he mention the Corvette twice? <laughs> As that was more important to him than the documents that were found. He is. Look, he the, the problem he's got is people on his own team don't want him. Right. Like, at least there is a huge swath of people on Trump's team who still want him. We may not agree that he's the best guy, Mm -hmm. but there are people who still like and want Trump and will fight for Trump. Nobody's going to fight for this guy when when push comes to shove because they don't want him anymore. Karine Jean-Pierre said that in, in response, the president was, quote, surprised by the discovery. Why surprised? Yeah. Did he not know those documents there right. were yeah. there? Yeah. What What is in your garage? Like, let's just take your- Why gar- is he surprised by this? Well, let's just take your garage, Casey, which is finally coated by your uh, your fabulous sponsor. Yeah. Galaxy Concrete Coating. Right. They did an awesome it, job. Very, you should call them. Very, if you want your garage good enough to have classified you documents could, you could eat. You could eat off Casey's garage or <laughs> store or floor or store uh, uh, national security documents. What is in your garage that you would say, I had no idea. I'm surprised that was there. there. I'm surprised by that. I know what's in there. Exactly. There's some golf clubs. Yeah, you might might not know every single thing like, oh, there is this bottle of uh, fabric softener that I didn't know that I had. But classified documents, you'd know they're in your garage. How often are you in the garage? So why was he surprised? Was he surprised that someone found them? Yeah, that's a good point. And this may be his biggest problem, right? We don't know right now how things are getting certain places and who's working behind the scenes against him. It's very Vince McMahon-esque in the sense of somebody leaked all the dirty that Vince McMahon was doing and all those payouts to the press. Mm -hmm. Somebody wanted him gone. Somebody probably on his board of directors. Is the same thing happening here for Biden? Was Vince McMahon surprised by the leak (laughs) or was he surprised that somebody else knew about it? Yeah, Somebody's doing him doing him dirty, and when you are dirty, there may be no way to stop it because they've said, we've got enough out of Grandpa. We got the two years. Mm-hmm. We kept the Senate. We all know he's going to get boat raced if the Republicans nominate someone with a pulse, not named Donald Trump. So thank you for your service. Adios. This is really, really interesting, and it's just, I think, going to get more interesting As it unfolds more. Okay, before we get out of here, let's talk about this really quick. Uh, The uh, J.D. Prescott has filed House Bill 1143 here in Indiana to establish the Hoosier State as Indiana's official nickname. Oh, what? Yeah, but not only that. No, say that again, because I, I must have misheard you. J.D. Prescott has Uh filed House Bill 1143 to establish the Hoosier State Uh as Indiana's official nickname. So we're going to have a state sandwich (laughs) and we're going to have a state nickname, (laughs) but we're not going to get... J.D. Prescott is not lifting a finger to help you on property taxes that are about to skyrocket 
and assessments that are totally out of control and will maybe flush some people even from their homes. Nothing on that, but he's all over the state nickname? You're lying to me. No, I'm not. It's right here on Indiana Capital Chronicle. And it also puts the origin of the Hoosier terminology in the bill. Because there's some argument discrepancy about where the phrase Hoosier came from. So part of this bill declares that Harry Hoosier is the namesake of the state. This is what our elected officials are wasting their time on. You are about to, in some cases, see $1,000 or more in property tax increases. Fixed income people are about to be in colossal trouble. And our state representatives are wasting their time and our state senators on state sandwiches Mm -hmm. and state nicknames. Yes. Who the hell does that help? Um, Okay, yeah. why would you end the show on this? <laughs> you want me to end it on some? Okay, well, here, I'll end it on this. No, we're out of time. Uh, adult fans can't ride the carousel animals at the Children's Museum of Indianapolis anymore. It just keeps getting worse. <laughs> what if you have childlike attitude? What if you identify as a child? I don't know. You're a terrible friend to go out this way today. <laughs> hey, thanks, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. And good job, Parker. And thank you for listening today. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.